This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good evening, estimated audience of four. Hello, 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 hello. Nice to meet you. My name's Crystal Clear, and you're listening to More Morgulons. Today kicks off a series of episodes that I'm going to do reviewing the research. How much fun does that sound like? Boo! No, it's going to be fun, you guys. We're going to learn stuff together. And if necessary, we will um, adjust and readjust our understanding of this mysterious uh, condition that uh, many of us suffer from. And um, we will go through and evaluate the evidence on its own merit because at the end of the day, nobody should have any fixed beliefs about what Morgulans is. Um, because the fact of the matter is is that our senses can fool us and our minds can trick us. And um, a lot of things that seem like common sense are just complete fucking bullshit. Conventional wisdom is often wrong. And um, I will say that... Uh, I don't say that to say that, like, oh, our minds are playing tricks on us. We know we're not crazy. We know we are not crazy. Okay? But that's about all we know. Okay? So let's keep an open mind. Um, I'm going to try to. And um, and let's just dig right in. Okay? So the CDC study, that seems like the first one to start with, right? This is the one that basically just put Morgulons dead in the water about eight years ago when it was published. Um, I know that when it came out, I will admit, I have a confession to make. I saw that study and I thought, oh, well, that settles it, you know. It's delusions of parasitosis. But I thought, you know, that's kind of odd. Delusions of parasitosis is exceedingly rare. It's very odd that, um, you know, there'd be tens of thousands of people with that. But I thought, you know, the CDC, I trust that institution and uh, they know what they're doing. They, they got the brilliant, most brilliant medical and academic minds in the world. And you know what? To, to some degree, I'm sure that is absolutely true. The problem, of course, as always, is leadership. And, um, you know, we already know that the CDC has been compromised by this administration by their response to coronavirus, right? So we know that they are not impartial, that it is really, at the end of the day, not about science if the people in charge are about politics, right? So with that in mind, though, there's still a lot of talented people there, and I think they still have public health in general in, you know, that's that's their mission, and I do believe that. So not totally dogging out the CDC, because hopefully one day they will be our allies um, and not the people who marginalize us uh, and say that we have delusions of parasitosis. All right, stay tuned. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so the CDC study, it is called Clinical Epidemiologic, Histopathologic, and Molecular Features of an Unexplained Dermopathy. Okay, so um, we have here the authors are Michelle L. Pearson, Joseph V. Selby, Kenneth A. Katz, Virginia Cantrell, Christopher R. Braden, Monica E. Paris, Christopher D. Paddock, Michael R. Lewis Smith, Victor F. Kalansinski, Felicia C. Goldstein, Alan W. Hightower, Arthur Papier and Brian Lewis, as well as Sarita Molipara and Mark L. Eberhard. All right, we know your names. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay, we're going to skip the like little brief thing and get right into it. Introduction. Morgulans is a lay term that has been used to describe an unexplained constellation of symptoms with the primary manifestations involving the skin. Persons who identify themselves as having the condition typically report poorly or non-healing skin lesions, excretion slash emergence of fibers or solid material from the skin, and puritis or other disturbing cutaneous sensations such as formication, stinging and biting, or a pins and needles sensation. These symptoms are usually described as being chronic and recurrent. Puritis, remember, is itching. Cutaneous means skin. Formication is the feeling of bugs crawling, okay? Just want to make sure everybody, I'm not trying to talk down to you. I'm just, I don't know if you know medical terminology. Okay. Persons who suffer from this unexplained dermopathy sometimes also report various non-cutaneous symptoms such as generalized fatigue, difficulty concentrating, short-term memory loss, brain frog, it doesn't say that, and depressed mood. Some report comorbid conditions such as chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, neurocognitive deficits, neurological conditions such as multiple sclerosis, and psychiatric disorders. Although no fatalities have been proven to have resulted directly from this condition, uh, I think the mother whose son killed himself because of morgulons would disagree with that, but anyway... Some reports suggest that persons with the condition have experienced substantial declines in quality of life, including social disruption and isolation, decreased work productivity or job loss, and total disability. This condition is not currently recognized as a distinct clinical disorder with established diagnostic criteria that are generally accepted by the medical community, and many dermatologists consider the condition to be synonymous with delusional parasitosis, DP. To date, most of what is known about the condition is based on isolated case reports or anecdotal accounts. A range of potential infectious, e.g. Lyme's disease, parasitic, comma, parasitic, so they're saying Lyme disease or parasitic, and non-infectious causes have been postulated. But the etiology of this condition remains unknown, and there have been no proven effective medical therapies. Etiology means like the origin, the cause, okay? Over the past few years, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, and several state and local health departments have received an increasing number of inquiries from the public and providers regarding this condition. In response, we conducted an investigation in Northern California where a possible cluster of illness was reported by local public health officials. We sought to better characterize the clinical and epidemiologic features of this condition to estimate its prevalence in a defined population and to generate hypotheses about causative or contributory factors. In this report, we present the findings. All right, let's hear them, CDC. Crappy Detectives Coalition. Corrupt Doctors uh, Convention. No, I'm just kidding, CDC. Okay, all right. Methods. This is the most important section of any research publication, okay? Like I have said before, the design of the study 
will determine the quality of the results. The motives of the people doing the study will determine the interpretation of those results. Research is the best thing we have to evaluate the truth and to establish scientific certainty, but it is still done by people, and don't ever forget that, okay? It's not uh, infallible by any means. Okay, so methods, study population. This study was conducted among enrollees of Kaiser Permanente of Northern California, KPNC, during July 2006 through June 2008. KPNC is an integrated managed care consortium that has approximately 3.2 million enrollees, representing nearly 30% of the population in 13 Northern California counties. The membership is socio-demographically and culturally diverse, but highly representative of the general population. The general insured population, I guess they're talking about. (laughs) Um, But anyway... Okay, so that's the study population. We're in Northern California, 13 counties, uh, about two-year period, okay? Uh, 2006 to 2008. Study design and eligibility criteria. This descriptive case series study had three major components. Okay, let's stop right there, okay? A case study is just one story of one patient and what happened to them, okay? So a descriptive case series study simply means that this study was done using people's stories that they thought had morgulons. Descriptive case study, all that means is that it wasn't quantitative, it was qualitative, right? It didn't really use numbers, it used words, okay? So that's what we're using here, okay? Um, So the study, the descriptive case series study had three major components. One, a cross-sectional survey. That All that means, don't let that fool you, okay? That only means it was a survey, like a web survey or something, you know? Where do you live? How old are you? Are you a man? Are you a woman? Or something else? What did you, what's your occupation? Blah, 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 you know, okay? So that's the first part. That's the first major component, the second major component of this uh, case series study. Clinical evaluations. Clinical evaluations means you went into the doctor's office. They used their five senses, their eyes, their ears, their sense of touch. They, They looked at you. They examined you. They probably used equipment, right? They might have used a dermatoscope. They might have put an otoscope in your ear. They might have said, ah, and looked down, you know, so they used equipment. If they collected specimens from you to put under the microscope, in this case, they probably used a punch biopsy, okay? So just keep that in mind. So that's, that's the second major component of the CDC study. And then this last one, and histopathologic studies. So all that means is that they must have gathered something in the evaluation, like a specimen. Histome in uh, Latin means tissue and pathology means disease. So histopathologic, they took the disease tissue and they put it under the microscope, okay? To be eligible for study enrollment, a KPNC member had to be over 13 years of age or, or 13 and English speaking. Participants provided written informed consent for clinical examination, including photographic documentation of their skin, total body and lesion images, and collection of all clinical samples, including biopsies, blood, urine, and fibrous materials. The study was reviewed and approved by institutional review boards at CDC, KPNC, the Armed Forces Institute of Pathology, AFIP, and the University of Rochester. Okay, um, institutional review boards, very important. Those exist, it's like an ethics committee, and they're comprised of usually experts and lay people. So basically, patients and doctors, if you want to think about it like that, okay? Scientists, doctors, and patients. Um, they're a good thing. Some of them are compromised now. There's a lot of 
you know, just selling your ethics uh, approval to people and buying it. But, um, but I would assume that, you know, it's better to have the Institutional Review Board than to not have it because all they exist for is to protect the human subjects in research because, as we know, they need protection because of like things like the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, if you're familiar with that, when black men were purposefully infected with syphilis and left untreated in order to see what would happen to them. So that is the reason why we now today have institutional review boards. And it's a good thing. Um, Okay, now next section, case definition. This is extremely important, listen. A case patient was defined as any person who was a member of and received care at KPNC for any period between the case finding period, those two years, and reported fibers, threads, specks, dots, fuzzballs, granules, or other forms of solid materials coming out of his, her skin. And, so that's the first criteria. They report shit coming out of their skin. And one or both of the following. One or both of the following. A skin lesion such as a rash, wound, ulcer, or nodule, or... A disturbing skin symptom such as puritis, feeling that something is crawling on top of or under the skin, or stinging, biting, or a pins and needles sensation. Okay, briefly. To be in this study, you have to meet two out of three criteria. One of them is non-negotiable. That's, you have to report that you've got a morgulons coming out of you. That's probably a good one. I like that one. Um, the other two... You got to have two out of three. The other two, you got to have one or the other, okay? A skin lesion or reporting that you're, you've got skin symptoms, feelings. What do you notice about these three things? What do you notice about these three things? You know what I notice about these three things, first of all? Only one of the three can be objectively verified and observed by another person, right? Because the sensations you feel... I believe you when you say you feel them, okay? I believe you, but I can't verify it. You report to me that you have fibers coming out of your skin. I believe you, but I can't verify it. I can't objectively verify it. So if we do have patients with delusional parasitosis and not morgulons, they could be included in the study because if you have to have two out of three to meet the case definition and enroll in the study, and two out of the three that you could possibly have are completely subjective and do not at all require any kind of like verification by a health professional or any pro- anyone, that right there I find to be problematic, okay? Uh, or that right there I find to be problematic. But we'll see. I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? Okay. <clears throat> uh, case findings. To identify cases, we first search the electronic health records of KNPC enrollees to identify clinic visits with certain keywords, i.e. morgulons, fiber, thread, fuzzball, dots, specs, granules, delusion. Recorded in the progress notes or with the ICD-9-CM code 300.29, delusions, comma, parasitosis. The code used at KPNC for patients with morgulons. The search was limited to dermatology, psychiatry, infectious diseases, pediatric, and primary care clinic visits. Okay, let's stop right there and break this down. To identify cases, we first searched the electronic health records. Um, so they, they went into this two-year period, the case study period, from 2006 to 2008. They looked through all the medical records in the departments of dermatology, psychiatry, infectious disease, pediatric, and primary care. Meaning they didn't go look at everybody's, you know, OBGYN records because that doesn't really seem relevant. Now, why rheumatology would not be on here and psychiatry would, 
I don't understand that. We already know that there are some links between autoimmune type uh, symptoms and disorders and morgulines. So why wouldn't you search the medical records of rheumatology patients? I don't know, but that's what they did, okay? Just, I just wanted to point that out. Um, <coughs> also, so the way that they identified potential people that could qualify for the study was looking at the progress notes. The progress notes are the things that the clinician who you're talking to is typing up or writing, yeah, typing up probably um, in 2006, um, typing up. So you're, they say, what brings you here today? Well, doc, I got a bunch of crazy shit coming out of my skin. I got these threads. I got these fibers, blah, blah, blah. I think I have morgulons. Okay, so the doctors type, 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 eyebrows raising up on one side. Um, and then, you know, he'll put whatever he sees and, you know, thinks. Uh, and then whatever you say, he'll put quotation marks around. That's what we call subjective and objective findings, okay? Um, and uh, so basically it's a little mix of what they think and what you said. Those are the progress notes, okay? And then the ICD-9 code. So they, they searched it. They searched the medical records by the, the, the codes, are the billing, okay? Without a code, you, the insurance don't pay. If you don't have a code for billing, doctor don't get paid, nurse don't get paid, nobody gets paid. So even if they don't know what you have, they gonna give you a code if they wanna get paid, okay? So this is basically saying that all Kaiser patients who have morgulons, their billing code is delusional parasitosis, number 300.92. So just be aware of that. That's in your medical record, okay? Uh, yeah, I would, exa- I would ask if you haven't already to see your medical record every time after you go for a doctor's visits and HIPAA, the law that protects our privacy and our right to see our medical records also gives you the legal right to request changes be made to your medical records if there are errors. And believe me, there probably are. Okay. Um, just keep that in mind. Uh, so anyway, so, uh, so that's how they found their group starting with. Um, so next, study team members and used predefined criteria to review the medical records of all persons identified by the electronic search to determine if they had suggestive signs and symptoms. Finally, persons who met medical records review criteria were screened by telephone by a member of the research team using a standardized tool to determine if they met the case definition. Those who met the case definition were invited to enroll in the study. The case definition... Okay, so basically, they were on the phone. So all three of those things that we were talking about earlier, now they're all not being confirmed, right? Like, now that, like, if you have a skin lesion, you could just say you have a skin lesion on the phone, right? Like, you, I'm not sitting there looking at you as a clinician and I'm seeing your rash and I'm seeing your wounds or whatever. Okay, so basically, that's how they screen through people. I'm a little bit nervous about that. Um, so... This is uh, persons who were not captured by the electronic search, but contacted Kaiser research staff seeking study participation also were screened by telephone to determine if they met the case definition. If so, they were invited to enroll in the study. Okay. Interesting. Uh, So it's all self-reported, basically. All the people that were included were just self-reporting their uh, uh, fitness to be included. And I'm not saying they were doing this maliciously or whatever, but, you know, like, it's just, it's not the best science you could do. Um, It would have been better to screen them in person uh, to confirm uh, reports of skin uh, lesions and stuff, you know? Just makes sense, right? Uh, Cross-sectional survey. 
Okay, so now we're going into the section of what they did, those three major components. I'm going to stop right here um, and get into this tomorrow because this is where we're going to really break it down and figure out what these guys did wrong. I think I already know. I think we already found what they did wrong, to be quite honest. Um, there might be more, but I can already tell you right now, just from reading that, we got people in this study that have delusional parasitosis and don't have morgulons, okay? That, that's baked into this study right now right now, before we even start doing clinical evaluations, we've baked in delusional parasitosis and other conditions, perhaps unknown, uh, into our Morgulans patients. What we should have done was screened the medical records and then pre-screened, you know, grabbed our potentials through the medical records and then to be included, we should have screened them in person, not on the phone, okay? Because... Now we've got absolutely zero of the two out of three uh, criteria that are being objectively verified. Two of them can't be objectively verified because you can't, you know, you just, you can't verify someone's report of something that happened when you weren't there. And then you also cannot verify the way a person feels, you know, whether it's pain or any sensation, you can't verify that. Um, so, yeah, if we were to come in person to do the screening, we could have looked at their skin with a dermatoscope, saw, seen if they actually had any fibers under their skin or within a lesion, right? We could have confirmed that. We could have confirmed the lesion in the first place, right? So then we could have confirmed that two out of the three criteria that needed to be met, they were definitely Morgulans people. In fact, why even have the third one? That's the criteria right there. We looked at them. They had skin lesions. And under the lesions or within the lesions, there were solid materials that were odd that we don't recognize as being part of any other disease. And under intact skin, perhaps we also saw some fibers, right? See right there. Now you know you got morgies. Now you know it, okay? So I can already tell you this, this is a problem. But, um, but we'll, go, we'll go more into the rest of the study on the next episode. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening and putting up with me and um, joining me on this journey of education and advocacy, because that's where we're going with this. There is a cure. We're not laying down. We're not taking your antipsychotics, unless we want to, and unless we need to. But no, we want a real cure. We want this shit to go away, and it will. We're going to get rid of it. We're going to do it. All right, stay tuned.